This is a special feature from Overdrive. And now, here's our broadcast. Several weeks back, during the National Association of Small Trucking Companies annual meeting, Joe Rakovich of the California Construction Trucking Association and its Western Trucking Alliance Interstate Conference delivered to attendees what he thought at the time was something of a sure thing. He was just a week or two out of a California Air Resources Board meeting in which a decision, it appeared, had been made as part of a so-called good-faith effort with industry to boost the mileage limits in CARB's low-use vehicle exemption for some non-compliant trucks. The boost would have gone from 1,000 annual miles to somewhere in the 5,000 to 7,500-mile range per year per truck. The existing exemption refers only to in-state, in-California miles, so this change appeared to represent something of a workaround for fleets in more easterly parts of the country who sent trucks only sparingly inside California's borders, and, of course, hadn't upgraded those trucks to 2007 or newer engines by the end of this year. However, when CARB issued its advisory on the subject, a reference to total truck miles was included when talking of potential, not final, changes to the low-use vehicle exemption product of various political forces in the state, says Rockledge, with whom we spoke in mid-November about what truck owners can do, if anything, to influence CARB's decision-making. Before we get into the conversation, know that Rockledge is a former long-haul owner-operator who spent several years doing government affairs work for the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association. He's been with the CCTA group for a few years now. To start the conversation, we asked about the good faith effort and the reference to in-state miles in the low-use vehicle exemption and the more recent advisory that referred to total truck miles, meaning, you know, if we're all reading it right, they plan, CARB does, to substantively change the low-use vehicle definition and the exemption beyond just boosting the mileage limit. What happened in the state to cause CARB to change its tune, we asked. Here's what Rakovich had to say. Yeah, well, what happened is, uh, bluntly, it's called politics. There are uh, some in-state interests in the transportation sector who are deathly afraid of out-of-state truckers being able to come into California and avoid compliance with the statewide truck and bus rule. It's really kind of important to note that the low-use exemption had always existed in the regulation, and in fact, it still exists in the regulation. And a low-use vehicle has always been and is still described in the regulation as any vehicle that travels a 1,000 miles or less in, in California. got to underline that, in California in any given year. When the CARB board directed staff to go and work on amendments to the rule to give people more flexibility and ease the burden, this ended up becoming very contentious behind the scenes, especially, as I said, with in, uh, other in-state interests that do not want out-of-state trucks to be able to use the additional 4,000-mile headroom. The CARB advisory that has announced the expansion of the low-use exemption has very different language in it than the current rule. The 1,000-mile availability is still there for out-of-state truckers, but the additional 4,000 miles in headroom is effectively going to be denied them, at least according to the staff proposal, until we have run through the series of workshops that are going to be held in, in December. This is still very much uh, in play, although I would say that uh, with, without uh, any involvement from out-of-state interests. The old adage, you know, if you're not at the table, you're going to be on the menu, really comes into play here. 
Yeah, I was curious about that. Uh, in their advisory, CARB says that the you know the, the final uh, language on the exemption probably won't be in place until April of next year, I believe. And you mentioned these December workshops. Describe them to me as uh, kind of public meetings upcoming. And um, you know, how can these out-of-state truckers, uh, owner operators that you know could theoretically use a, a boost in the mileage and the load use exemption, how how can they get involved in these and, and you know, attempt to influence the board at all if that isn't possible? Yeah, you know, certainly don't want to raise false expectations on people about about uh, you know, hey, if you show up you know, slam dunk. That's that's not true. There there is a lot of, as I've said, a lot of behind the scenes maneuvering to limit the usability of not just this, but you know, keep something in mind. The CARB staff was ordered to do this to come up with recommendations, and that's what these are: recommendations from staff. The board ordered them to do this. They are not inclined to do this on their own. So what they have done with with a whole host of these kind of uh, exemption extensions uh, that they're putting forward is they have minimally, very minimally, crafted some language here that doesn't substantively change the overall statewide truck and bus rule. Now, uh, to get you know more direct in responding to your question, there are going to be uh, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six, you know, six, five, six workshops in December, uh, beginning um, actually right down here in the Los Angeles area on December 3rd. And these workshops are to take uh, comments, you know, from everybody. It's no different than the federal, think of the federal rulemaking process. If FMCSA announced a notice of proposed rulemaking, that's just the initial step in taking public comment that they are required to do by law. And that is what these workshops are the equivalent of, taking public comment. And, you know, truckers do need to be involved, whether in-state, out-of-state. Obviously, um, a lot of truckers are going to depend on, on their trade associations that they're members of to represent them on this. But you also will have the ability to uh, file written comments to CARB on what you uh, believe should should happen. How do all these issues play with the uh, California Construction Trucking Association's in-state membership, the folks that uh, primarily you're, you're representing these days? This gets to, I think, one of the misconceptions that I do see being uh, tossed around by various national you know, trucking publications. This is absolutely a work in progress right now. Uh, CARB staff has come out with what they view as a minimalist effort to give more flexibility to truckers. And from our membership standpoint, what they're really interested in is what's referred to as the low mileage construction truck extension. And what that basically is is a rule that allows a one truck operator to register in it, but uh, he can't put on any more than 20,000 miles per year, and he would be able to operate his truck until January 1, 2016. Well, that has a cap of 9,000 trucks that are allowed to register in it, and currently there's only 7,200. Uh, as an association, we want to see greater flexibility built into that extension. Uh, we would like to see the headroom increased uh, beyond the 9,000 permissible trucks, we would like to see the mileage allowance 
increased 30, 35,000 miles. We would also like to see the rule harmonized with some of the other extensions, like the agricultural uh, vehicle extension, that allows the owners to keep operating their trucks until 2017 and beyond. So these these are all things that are going to be basically negotiated as part of the process. Anybody out there that is reporting that the announcement issued by CARB, the advisory, that that is how all of this will end up taking shape, that, that that's really not reporting. It's regurgitation of CARB talking points. Everybody needs to be involved in this process. This does constitute substantially a reopening of the entire rulemaking. Six, seven years ago, when a lot of this was being proposed, there simply was not a lot of national interest in this rulemaking. I think now that people realize that this is effectively a takings of their property, taking their truck that they bought, it's compliant with U.S. EPA regulations and saying you can't use it anymore, people are getting that now. And they have a chance to really become a part of the process that they weren't a part of six, seven years ago. One thing that I was really curious about uh, with the Construction Trucking Association is the, I know several, for several years now you guys have been kind of branching out with this uh, idea of a Western Trucking Alliance, uh, kind of a conference within the Construction Trucking Association that includes other out-of-state companies and, and kind of looks at things from an interstate perspective. It's curious in terms of the issues, how they play among the membership, uh, is it different for that, uh, that portion of the, of the association? And so what's happening with that Western Trucking Alliance? The Western Trucking Alliance is the name of our interstate conference. The California Construction Trucking Association has been around for 72 years, uh, began in 1941. It is genuinely member member driven association as a nonprofit. The current president of the association is an actual trucker from up right now, uh, Susan Jones uh, from up in the Bay Area will serve a two year term as president of the association. The interstate conference is part of our our growth strategy for the association to focus on owner operators, motor carriers that operate into and out of California. You know, obviously when you say construction trucking, you know, a lot of folks are going to go, well, gee whiz, you know, how, how, how do I fit within something like that? And the irony is a lot of the issues that the association would represent uh, on behalf of owner-operators and small business truckers, it's really no different uh, if you're in construction trucking or you're in interstate long haul. When I say no different, think of something like uh, medical certification. It's identical. It's absolutely identical, uh, the representation that you give to people on both sides. The reason we focus on motor carriers that come into California um, from the Midwest and we have been growing the association numbers with those people is that California, obviously, just by the nature of our discussion right now, has very, very unique regulatory requirements. A lot of our growth have been with you know, small business motor carriers who, ironically, many of them are in compliance already with the CARB rule uh, in terms of model year truck. You just don't have that many long-haul trucks that come into California on a regular basis, say from Boston, that aren't up upgraded. It, it just, that's what we're finding. A lot of folks are actually compliant, but what they object to is the very nature of this sort of environmental regulation. 
of the trucking industry, and they do see that the truck that they have now is likely not going to be very legal in the near-term future. In fact, yesterday I was at a conference in Palm Springs, and I can tell you where the future is. It's zero emissions vehicles. Um, there are actually efforts underway to mandate electric, at least in terms of uh, local trucks, drage trucks, that they, they move away from internal combustion engines to being electric. This is a war on, on the type of equipment that people operate. And really, there's not any other association in the country that is uh, representing you know, small business truckers in fighting against this, this sort of uh, government environmental intrusion into the marketplace, all under the guise of green politics to control uh, the choices that people make. And there's been a big interest among the overdrive readers in the uh, litigation that uh, the Construction Truck Association has uh, ongoing over the, the truck and bus rule. What's the bottom line goal of the suit? If you sum it up for me and then uh, give me a little, little bit about the current status of it. The bottom line of our lawsuit that we filed against, it's been two and a half years, filed our federal litigation challenging the legitimacy of CARB statewide truck and bus rule. You know, that's been languishing in the federal courts. Uh, you know, there's an adage, uh, justice delayed is justice denied. <laughs> and our intention with the suit is to overturn the entire rule. We believe fundamentally as an association that CARB exceeded its authority under federal law to uh, establish the statewide truck and bus rule. And time will tell. There's nothing that's going to come out of the court here by January 1 to save anybody. And we do get a lot of questions. Well, then why continue pursuing the litigation? And it, it's, uh, it, it's actually pretty simple. A lot of people forget that this is a two-stage rule. The first stage is uh, the pre-07 engines either have to be retrofitted with a diesel particulate filter or replaced with a newer used truck or even a new truck. The second part of the rule by 2020 to 2023, depending on your fleet size, mandates that you absolutely have to have a 2010 EPA-compliant model year engine in your truck in order to operate in California. And for somebody in long-haul trucking, they may go, well, gee, what is 2023? You know, how many people are going to be even operating a, a, a truck with a 2010 model year engine. I mean, admittedly, that's a small, that will be a small population. But here's the thing, uh, you know, for our membership, they are repurposers of a lot of the trucks that people right now listening to this program operate and sell. They, they take the existing road trucks and their chassis and engines and convert them into vocational trucks, such as dump trucks. That is a very common practice to, to take existing road trucks and repurpose them into vocational trucks. So these rules are taking, in many respects, the ability of existing truck owners to get something for their truck, even if they're a long-haul trucker, in the marketplace in the future. Because these trucks, if they are too old, simply are not going to be able to be repurposed in this state. The recent moves by CARB around that uh, low-use vehicle definition and exemption uh, present new openings in the, uh, in the lawsuit, as has somewhat uh, been suggested by some out there, um, you know, added wrinkles or added to, to some of the settled legal issues around the agency's uh, programs. Well, our lawsuit, uh, to
Todd, that we have filed right now is uh, premised on a violation of the what's called the Federal Aviation Administration Authorization Act, uh, 1995. And in that particular federal law, it prohibits any state from basically establishing a law that affects the uh, prices, routes, and services of motor carriers. That is the, the what we have brought our litigation under. Is the F, it's called the F4A. Now, it has always been a lot of folks' opinions that the CARB rules generally, in and of themselves, are open to what's called a Commerce Clause challenge. And what that means, you know, basically, without trying to play outhouse lawyer here, is that a state cannot establish rules that affect interstate commerce that are not evenly applied. In other words, that are more generous to in-state interest versus out-of-state interest. And there's certainly uh, always been a belief that many many of the extensions, exemptions contained within CARB statewide truck and bus rule effectively are a Commerce Clause violation because mm -hmm. they're in place to benefit uh, truck owners in the state of California, even though CARB doesn't deny their usability to out-of-state trucks, the reality is if you're in the Midwest, most of these extensions, exemptions simply aren't usable for you. You know, for instance, low-mileage construction truck. Well, who's running a dump truck from Illinois to to California? Of course, nobody's doing it. You know, that is the nature of, of the political process, of the negotiation process, that uh, everybody, when a rule is in, in play, everybody's trying to get a, a special carve-out uh, in this. And I will say, as somebody who's been involved in this process for a lot of years, that they're, from, uh, from a national standpoint, you know, small fleet owners, owner-operators, um, really haven't been getting represented at CARB. I mean, that's a simple fact. These rules have been happening, and, you know, when I would be at meetings in, in Sacramento in years past, I would I would turn around, and here I had, literally, they would bus in 50 environmental, you know, crybabies from down by the ports and talk about all the bad health effects from the diesel smoke and, you know, everybody sitting there coughing and, and, you know, with crutches looking as if they, you know, they've been adversely affected by trucks. And then, of course, you go outside at a break and they're all standing out there smoking. But, you know, anyhow. Uh, you know, but these were professional agitators who were bussed in and truckers, and this isn't a slam on, on small business truckers. I mean, I get it. They're too busy in their day-to-day -day lives just running a business to participate in, in, in this sort of stuff. But then when these hearings happen, there is all the chicanery that happens, and it does become a numbers game. It, it really does. If, if uh, uh, major trade associations aren't at the, ta at the table, they're going to get rolled. It's that simple. You're going to get rolled. The enviros even right now want to shut down as much of this as possible. The, the rulemaking isn't going away, but the flexibility options, and the, when I say the rulemaking is not going away, by the way, um, I mean in terms of this process that's happening right now. This mm -hmm. process right now is simply about giving truckers additional flexibility, additional time to comply with the rule. And if 
people aren't representing, aren't present, it, it, it's going to be tough. There's no question it's going to be tough. I know a few weeks ago when I uh, was on national radio um, and in print talking about this rule, I did say that this 5,000 low mileage exemption would apply to, to all trucks nationally. Well, that created a flurry of uh, behind-the-scenes politics here in California, and the low-use exemption is still going to be in play right now, but they've cleverly cl crafted language to exclude you know, most of the people listening to this program from using that additional 4,000 miles. It's strictly going to be in-state guys that use it because uh, what they have done to get the additional 4,000 miles is their car came out and said, you've got to take into account all miles regardless of jurisdiction traveled. So that makes that additional 4,000 totally unusable to anyone from out of state. But uh, you still have and always did have the ability to uh, register and sign up under the low-use extension, which does limit you to 1,000 annual miles, in-state miles. That's what the current rule is. For most people, that probably translates into no more than two trips into California a year without having to comply with the rule. It'll be interesting, it'll be interesting for sure to see how that turns out and uh, how, many, uh, how many folks can get involved in this and maybe turn it back to the way it originally seemed when they first started talking about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's really important, um, you know, and we're doing that uh, in terms of how we're communicating about it. It's really important mm -hmm. for people to understand that the current regulation, the way the low-use vehicle is defined, only accounts for in-state miles. So what CARB's staff is proposing on this one, it's just that. It's their proposal. It doesn't right. mean that this cannot be turned around. It won't be turned around if there's no involvement, if there's no right. national hue and cry. You have to be a part of the process at this point. It's a, it's a pretty big deal. It's not, not uh, as it's being communicated through other channels as if it's some sort of done deal. That is absolutely untrue. It's the starting point of negotiations. Call 530-408-6423. It's 530-40. Voice to weigh in on the car regulations yourself.